normally the bus would come Oi. and I would load her onto the bus and they have that nice uh, sort of thing that you wheel her onto it and it'll lift up but okay unfortunately we don't have that it's a bit more physical here so a bit more, a bit more physical here manual. altogether yeah. yeah so she's just been winched up so you see you can use this thing here and Jennifer Lamb and her 17 year old daughter Rachel getting set for the school run the return to the classroom has got off to a frustrating start as Rachel's bus service is not going ahead as planned structure is really important for somebody like Rachel because she has absolutely no control over her environment she really likes to know what the plan is it's really important so you'd really have to plan the day you'd, uh, any any change to the plan is not taken well just on that now and the structure what has this latest news now on the bus service done to your own routine and how would it impact Rachel's return to school well I mean we only found out about it on Friday we got the email on Friday but to swap my days around at work so it's it's a huge upheaval and it's a huge upheaval to her her routine so the complete lack of notice is really unacceptable but there's absolutely no indication of when this service will be resumed so we could be in this boat for the entire academic year and that has a huge time and cost implication. Jennifer is involved with the Sandy Mount School Parents Association and says some families do not have wheelchair accessible vehicles. Another parent who's been impacted by this is Andrea Stanley. She says routine is crucial for her seven-year-old daughter, Grace. She has a rare genetic condition, so she's got significant disability um, intellectually and physically. She has been getting a bus service the last two years to school. It is going to cause significant difficulties to us getting her into school. The morning is busy enough. She has a one-year-old sister as well who's going to have to, to make the trip to get Grace to school and then turn around and come back again and do the same again in the afternoon. What's involved now with the morning routine? Grace is just after getting up. So, so Grace is up, um, she gets her breakfast, she gets her medicine, she thrives on routine. Once she gets into her uniform, that symbolises that we're off to school. She really, really enjoys the bus and we've actually avoided even saying the word bus the last couple of days because she knows what it means. She knows that she's going to be heading out to her driver and her escort who she, she's formed relationships with. We actually struggle at the weekends with the change in routine. Saturdays and Sundays, she kind of is looking out the window for the bus and and looking to, to get going. So, yeah, listen, it's going to have a significant impact on her day and on ours, you know, as a family as well. We live in Dublin. There's no guarantees that the journey is going to take as long as you think it's going to take. It's obviously not ideal to have a one-year-old doing all the driving to and from school. The Department of Education says Bus Erin was informed at the last minute that due to driver contractor unavailability, the services would not be commencing as expected. To get an insight into the challenges facing some bus operators, I met with Gary English, who's the General Manager of the Luke and Disability Action Group and Accessible Community Transport Southside. His services are not under the school scheme, but says the difficulties are widespread. The problem is, because of the volume you're talking about in the schools, we would need to be pre-warned of some an issue like this arising two, three months before the school term even starts, so as we can get our house in order and have the appropriate vehicles. Most of our vehicles at this moment of time are flat to the boards, okay? But we will try and facilitate people where possible. Uh, just one particular incident that we had with an individual where they couldn't get transport last year, and um, we had agreed to do it for a four-week period and in fact ended up doing it for a four-month period. We never actually got paid for that off any State Department. 
Believe it or not, I could put another 20 buses on the road if I could get the capital finance to invest in those buses and I can guarantee you I can fill them. Why do you think there is a shortage of drivers in this area? Well, the shortage of drivers comes down to the ageing population of drivers, one, the shortage worldwide of drivers. And what's happening is the younger people who are getting qualified, they're leaving our shores to go abroad to make money. What do you think needs to be done to help these parents, these families who are out there who are not getting any update about whether they'll have a bus next week or the week after? I think it's a rethink from a government side, okay? What they need to do is they need to get a specialist company like ourselves to get into negotiations with the likes of Bus Aaron and they say to us, we need 40 buses next year and we will say that's the cost of it for next year and we need the capital investment, which we are, naturally we repay, but we need state helping in that regard, okay? Um, so at the end of the day, it's down to the government. I as an individual, or even parents as an individual, will go nowhere until the Minister of Transport and the Minister for Education come together and decide they want to fix this problem. Bus Aaron says an interim grant has been offered to families to assist with the cost of private transport arrangements. But Andrea and Jennifer say this does not go far enough. Special transport to be prioritised and ring-fenced. Grace can't travel in a taxi, she can't carpool, she has to travel in her wheelchair. So it's not as simple as saying, you know, I'll drop her off if you collect her or, you know, a couple of us in the area could share lifts. It's it's not that simple. We're lucky as well in that we're only travelling half an hour. Some families have travelled an hour and a half to get to school. You know, we ourselves moved to be closer to the school. We bypass obviously countless local schools on our way but this is the school that best suits Grace's needs the local schools can't cater for her needs I think we very much get marginalised and ignored. Government aren't back till the 20th of September and they can do a few sound bites and they think they're great but I mean they really have to realise that they have a responsibility to the most vulnerable in society. These kids have absolutely nobody to advocate for them except their parents who are already hard pressed in the day to day business of simply caring for them and it's shocking that we as parents have to advocate for ourselves and there's nobody to do that even down to something as simple as providing a school bus for them.